Welcome to episode 253 of In Touch by OS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and I have got all my favorite friends here on the show this week, and we're just having some amazing fun pre-show, but why not start a show here so we can go have some more fun talking about Apple. My guests this week, I want to welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're back. Guy, Guy Stroh, how you doing? Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. Uh, now with 50% less eyes. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we're so glad that you're back with us. Didn't and, see that joke coming. Yeah, back to health. And, but that's only because it was on this side. It was on this side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and uh, also here. Too soon? <laughs> too soon. It, uh, also here, uh, Kelly Gabbat is here. Go back on the show. How you doing, Kelly? <laughs> I'm having a great time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever gonna get a podcast. I'm gonna get out of it. I, I, will, I, will, I will tell you one. I did. I did have a uh, buy me a coffee uh, donor last week, and he's a he's a coworker works at, at my company. His name is Phil. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Phil. Hi, Phil. He says he lo- he loves your laugh. He said well, that to me. What? I saw, no. I saw that him in, per- I saw him in person. He's not, he's not even doesn't even work in my office. He told me that, so I thought I'd share that with well, you because I did mention that. Play. Phil. Yeah, so Phil's, Phil's awesome. For additional donations, Kelly will laugh even more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That just made yeah. my day. Thanks, Phil. Yes. My new name is Steve Kenyon. Yeah. And <laughs> last, <laughs> gosh, I shouldn't laugh. I'm only going to encourage you. <laughs> Probably. Last but certainly not least, Jeff Gammon is here. How are you doing, Jeff? I, I'm fine, and uh, and I know it's it's going to be a crazy ride when I'm like the the stable voice of reason person in the group. Yeah, well, you I, say that's that. my nice way of saying, Dave, buckle up because you're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh my buckle gosh, up, Buttercup. Uh, we, we, we we miss uh, Ben Rathick. He's uh, in our chat at uh, in touch uh, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Thanks for being here, Ben. I hope you feel better. We miss <laughs> in you. touch with LOL. We we miss you on the show. I, here. I think Ben's not here tonight because the guilt of of collaborating with Kelly to pressure me into buying a Nintendo <laughs> Switch finally made him sick. <laughs> That's karma right there. Could have been. Could have been. Uh so we got some news this week. We're going to go through a lot, of, a few, a few new stories. Uh, there was this big announcement. It's going to be a big topic. We're going to save it to, towards the middle of the show. That was that thing called Final Cut Pro and iPad. That's all. Leave it at that. Mm. And uh, now it did get warm in here. Yes, it did. And then, and then we got some some other stuff we'll talk about. But uh, I think between the four of us, we'll have uh, have a lot of fun here. So let's uh, go we ahead. We already and, have. And already have had pre-show. Yeah. Let's have more fun here. So. Uh, first story here is this was uh, this is a, a news release that was released by Apple. Apple did release a new uh, Apple Watch Pride Edition to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. Um, they uh, are celebrating the ongoing movement to protect and advance equality for the LGBTQ plus communities around the world. They've introduced a Pride uh, a Pride Edition sport band uh, that accompanies its matching watch face and iOS wallpaper. So. Uh, I love to see this kind of stuff that Apple is, is doing uh, support of, of, of this community because you know a lot a lot of struggles with all that and uh, I think it actually looks kind of cool. I like the I like the the coloring and the the way the watches and the band matches it nicely too. Yeah. What, what do you think, Kelly? 
Uh, well, first of all, I will, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I will point out that I buy the Pride Band every year, except last year because the Sport Loop was a ninety-nine dollar one, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't have any, any the Solo Loop. I don't have any Solo Loops. Um, I haven't found one that felt like it was right on my arm, and so I didn't buy it, and I felt bad about it because it's cool, but it just yeah. wasn't for me. Um, so first of all, uh, I have all of them, but one, and I love them. I wear them constantly. That's like my go-to is, is generally that, um, one of the pride bands, depending what I'm, what, what I'm up to. Maybe it's a sport loop. Maybe it's the, the silicone with the rainbow on it. Um, but I think they're great. And, uh, the other thing that, um, in fact, mine is charging right now. So here's the one I have that's on it already. Um, so the other thing about this, so I was glad to see that it's uh, back to the $49 uh, for this one because it means I can buy another one this year. Uh, and my first reaction when I saw it was um, they have those ads with a uh, tag team in them for Whoop There It Is. Yeah. And all I can, so as soon as I saw that, I just heard them in the back of my mind going, Sprinkles, because it was just really Sprinkles. Funny. That's yeah. right where my mind went with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I am 100% here for the big gay sprinkles. And um, I like my previous iterations of the watch bands. This looks like um, yeah. the the silicone, like the the sort of plain silicone band that they usually do. And uh, and I think they're fun. I like them. Yeah. And uh, and I'm glad that they I'm glad they have them out. And uh, yeah, and I, I thought that one was was a nice way to do it without having to with again, having to be super obvious about you know, having a big rainbow on it and stuff like they're finding ways to mix it up and, yeah. and have it look cool and still be representative. And I thought it was great. Absolutely. Um, Guy, what do you think? Would you, are you going to buy uh, one? Unfortunately, no, because, well, I mean, I have an Apple watch, but unfortunately about 99% of the bands that right. you can buy from Apple don't fit around my like King Kong size <laughs> wrists. So I normally have to go to Amazon and, and, get the kind that kind of like open up and then right. snap shut together. Cause buckle. those are the, yeah. yeah Cause those are buckle. pretty much, those are pretty much the only ones I can wear. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a conspiracy against people that are abnormally big, I think is what that is. <laughs> well, not being a standard issue, standard size, a standard issue, adult size human, much like me, sometimes it's hard to find a watch band that fits you. Yeah. We're just at opposite ends of the, yeah, you, adult size you, got, you got the tiny wrist. I've got the yes. f- freaky I'm, I'm, big. I'm up there too. So yeah, but get a leather nice punch, get a leather punch and start <laughs> making my own holes. I'll just add this piece of leather to that. Okay, yeah. good. And Jeff's head exploded. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, oh, I was going to make a joke about my eyes popped out, but that would be really bad taste. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Any thoughts, Jeff, before we move on to this, uh, this story? <laughs> I, I love the Apple Watch Band Sprinkles Edition and the fact that it uh, also uh, supports the LGBTQ plus community. I'm all in. Um, it's a, it, it's what's killing me is it's not on the store yet so i can't order it right i have i, I actually had to put a uh, a reminder in omnifocus mm-hmm. to remind me to uh to order the watch band on what is it the 23rd yeah something yeah, like so. that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right 
Um, here's a good reason why we all like Carrot as our weather app here. Apple's weather are not working for some <laughs> users. Third time in a month, and this this happened this past week as we record this. Uh, Apple did see two uh, two different major outages in April. Now the app appears to be downing for some people this week, and they don't know. How, it's very unclear how widespread the issue was, but there were more reports popping up all over social media. And then uh, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, That uh, this was on the 9th of May, uh, Apple acknowledged the downtime in the system status page. The weather may, may be slow or unavailable for some users. And then at 6.15 a.m., uh, th- th- they, uh, they said that uh, w- w- when keeping the Apple weather app open for a few minutes after it initially fails to load, it starts working for some users. All right. Uh, so, uh, I'm not kind of surprised that, that, that this is kind of something that Apple's not been doing a very good job with, especially the way they sunsetted dark sky. Gosh, darn them. Right, Jeff? I think that's part of the reason people are so upset about it. Yeah. Because you took away the one I was using that was super reliable and useful. And now you're Give me nothing but give, crap. Yeah. Now like you've, you've actively made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you manage that? I stand by what I have said in the past, which is that when Apple bought Dark Sky, what they should have done is left it alone, right. except Great. to rebrand the name and call it Apple Weather, ditch all the old Apple Weather, and Dark Sky is just called Apple Weather now, right. and you're done. Mm-hmm. But no, they did this. No, we need to mess with it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they had to mess with it. They had to mess with it, so... The, the carrot weather people should send Apple a fruit basket. I was going to say, yeah. I wonder if Brian has sent them a fruit basket. Yeah, they should. They should. Me- and if bags. I had realized it, yeah, if I had realized it at the time, I would have opened carrot weather to see what kind of smack it was talking about Apple weather. Yeah, that Ben, ben uh, in the chat says, uh, Apple did the impossible, make dark sky not work right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I agree with that, Ben. Um, next story here, the, the former head of iCloud is going to be in charge of making G- GM's EV software without CarPlay. Hmm. <laughs> Here's a twist on the ongoing story between GM and CarPlay. General Motors has hired Mike Abbott to run the software team. The company announced, uh, this week, uh, it's the same Mike Abbott who just left Apple after spending five years in charge of iCloud software. Uh, Abbott's role at Apple include leadership over the iCloud service infrastructure, including iMessage and FaceTime. At GM, Abbott will serve as the executive vice president of software and reporting directly to the the CEO, Mary Barra. And uh, they go on and on about how great this is and all this. And so is this like a... Is, is this like a ploy for him to say, hey, hey, the heck with you, Apple. We're not going to use CarPlay anymore. I'm going to make a great product on a, on a GM pro, GM vehicle, right? Uh, right, right, guy? Well, it, it kind of just tells me that there's yet another reason to not buy a GM product. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, you know, the, the last car that I bought, which was a, a Kia Soul, it was it was like when I was looking at all the various cars that were available to buy, it was like I have one priority, which is I'm not going to buy a car that doesn't have CarPlay. I have yet to see a reason as to why I should change that. So 
I'm looking to get another car with some various other features that I need. But if it doesn't have CarPlay, you know what? I'll stick with my 2016 Kia Soul. Thank you. Yeah. Kelly? I thought this was kind of nervy on their part because now, like, the the headline was, you know, GM gives CarPlay the middle finger. And, you know, because people are totally going to pony up for a subscription for whatever kind of nonsense we can feed them. And yeah. now what I'm hearing is, what if CarPlay with a monthly fee and that doesn't sound any better. So, uh yeah, I'm still not interested. Like I had forgotten that that was like a thing that that you know that GM was having a hissy fit about CarPlay and uh they just reminded me, "Oh, by the way, in case you forgot, don't buy a GM car." Like that's yeah. my takeaway from this headline. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember the thing we were doing that you thought was kind of a a jerky move? Uh we've doubled down on that jerky move. Thanks. So, yeah. Thank uh, you. I'm, I'm I'm actually like I'm not interested in it as a purchasing decision, but I am very very curious what it is that GM thinks they're going to do that's going to be better than CarPlay uh, or Android Auto. Yeah. Oh, especially our Android Auto. Android Auto was first, and it was when it came out. There has been a lot of evolution because it's been a long time, but when it first came <laughs> out, it was fantastic. And Android Auto is really good. Like I have, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with it. I also haven't spent a whole lot of time with CarPlay. But uh, both of them are solid. They're they're you cannot go wrong with the OS that comes from the the same people that make your operating system on your phone. Like they're both good choices. Uh, and the, the absolute best part is that it doesn't matter what car you get into, if it's connected to your phone, it looks exactly the same. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew what to do. Like I had a rental car recently, plugged in the cable, and. Everything was there just like it was supposed to be. Everything was fine. There was no, uh, you know, there was no like, let's pair it. And, you know, let me spend 10 minutes in the parking lot, making sure everything works like it's supposed to before I pull out. No, plug in the cable on the way. It was a piece of cake. It was so good. And yeah. And this is just sort of, you know, like the, um, uh, the Ford nonsense that they peddled for a while. That was it Ford that did the Blackberry one. Yes. I think oh, um, I forgot yeah. about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, wasn't and, that wasn't that with Microsoft, Microsoft as well? Ford Microsoft Sync. Sync. Ford Sync, yeah. 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 Which was just awful. Yeah, uh yeah. I have a lot of words uh for my opinion of that, and I'm not going to use any of them because I don't want to make David have to edit. But um <laughs> yeah, that should tell you all you know about because my dad had a Ford when that came out. And so yep. and was like, I can't get my phone to connect to it. Can you help me? And I tried, and I'm like, actually, no. Um, I can't get mine connected to it either. <laughs> That's really irritating. Uh, and I'm tired of having to figure out the secret password to do the dance, to get the car, to do what it's supposed to do yes. with your phone, no matter what. Um, I drive an Outback and every time I get a new phone, the Outback hates my phone in a new and different way. Uh, and it's really frustrating and I can't do anything about it because it's not, you know, it's not like there's software updates for the Bluetooth interface in the car. Yeah. So um, it's not a great experience and so whatever i get next uh is going to have carplay in some form or another and that and it's non-negotiable it's table stakes at this point on an automobile for me because that's just ludicrous and yeah. uh so thank you gm for reminding me that you are not on the list when i go car shopping yeah, yeah if only there were other car companies that you could buy from mm. if only well jeff gotta you gotta get in here because i know you have thoughts <laughs> Um, I, I think for GM, this is more of an FU than it is for, um, uh, what's his name? I've already forgotten his name because he moved on. So why do I need to remember? Um, 
the CarPlay guy? The the CarPlay guy. Yeah. And I think that um, for him, it was more of GM probably approached him and said, hey, we'd like to offer you a lot of money. And this is what we're doing. Does this sound like an interesting thing? And he's just saying zero, 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 zero. And he says, yes. And off yeah. he goes. And um, and that's that. Also, I want to point out that uh, Kelly says she drives an Outback. I drive a Prius. We each have the stereotype car for the city we live in. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's a whole lot of Prius happening here, too. Yeah. There's a whole lot of, of Subaru Outback happening oh, here, yeah. too. I am unsurprised. Countrywide. <laughs> a couple more comments from Ben. He said uh, uh, he'll be fired with Mary in a year. Uh, or my, that Mike Abbott. And then he also says Ford will be sending GM a Detroit-sized fruit basket. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, shout out really? to Webb uh, Web Bixby is in the chat. How you doing, Webb? Web? Good to see you. Uh, uh, he says it must be that clean Iowa air for Ben. So, um, <laughs> Let's go on next story here. This is another CarPlay story. Uh, actually, a cool CarPlay story. Instapaper, which we all love to be able to read articles and uh, uh, put all our articles in one place. Uh, that's that popular read at the later service is now going to be available in CarPlay. You might be wondering, okay, a reading-focused app that translates to, to CarPlay but it comes down to it being a text to speech technology. Um, uh-huh. So in a blog post last this past Friday, before we record this, uh, the Instapaper touted that the new CarPlay app was an ex- uh, about the new CarPlay app. And they explained that the app lets you view a list of saved articles and then you could tap one of them and then it will automatically start reading the article using Instapaper's text to speech technology. Um, it's going to be available be cool. uh, to free and premium Instapaper users, which is interesting. Paid the paid subscribers will also be get uh, will also be able to get access to creating playlists with the with the premium Instapaper. Uh, it's automatically creates that playlist and lets you list articles and one after the other, which is great. Okay. And I you know we always we want to support great uh, great services. Instapaper is a really good service. Uh, use that, yeah. uh, Jeff. What do you think? I use Instapaper every single day. Yeah. Um, when I got the pop-up, uh, when I opened Instapaper on my iPhone after the update installed, the, the pop-up, it says, hey, we can do CarPlay now. My first thought was, why do I want to be looking <laughs> at my screen reading articles while I'm driving? And and then I figured out what it was. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. Queue up a bunch of uh, of interesting articles that you want to uh, to read. While you're doing the drive across town or across country, whatever, mm-hmm. and let Instapaper just read all that stuff to you, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I like it. What do you think, Kelly? I, I'm I'm glad of it. I'm looking forward to it. I hope um, I hope the the voice is pleasant to listen to. I'm sure they've done a lot to make sure that it's kind of optimized. That everybody can you know hear it okay and everything. But um, I'm. I'm happy to hear it because it would be nice to have that kind of opportunity if I have, if I have time in the car for something like that. Um, you know, if I'm not working on a karaoke song, then it'd be nice to listen to my stuff from Instapaper and get through my queue. Use this guy to use Instapaper. Uh, sometimes, uh, as long as the voice that's reading it is like one of the guys from the beastie boys, then <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all in with it. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Uh, make sure and, you know, word of the wise, everyone, set up your playlists and what articles you wanted to read before you get behind the wheel of the car. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be one of them. Okay, don't please. Don't be that guy. Don't be that person. Um. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, and uh, other uh, two two uh heartwarming stories that involved AirTag and Apple Watch. Uh, AirTag uh, was credited for helping investigators locate over one point one million dollars in cash stolen from an armored truck. AirTag t- item tracker once again in the news. Uh, Whereas this time for its role in helping investigators track down two brothers accused of stealing over $1.1 million from a Brinks armored truck robbery. Uh, Court documents had revealed that the AirTag was hidden in one of the bins of money. (laughs) I love it. Uh, And two brothers were initially charged for their role in the robbery last December. The two are accused of stealing over $1 million from an armored truck and an automatic uh, teller machine in Chicago on Halloween. So the U.S. attorney has announced what happened and the details of the robbery, and they go through the whole uh, test of this. So this is another uh, a testament of the, how, how valuable the air tags are, and ha- and having uh, it f- not only finding your keys and your uh, devices, um, it's uh, good for things. Just like Jeff found one on the ground, and I'm sure it still hasn't got to its owner yet. Uh, no, they still haven't uh, um, flipped the switch on their phone oh, so that lost. it's uh, reported lost. Yep. So oh, no. it's, it's sitting uh, on a table by my door, just waiting <laughs> for me to be able to get it back to its owner. Waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. Like on yes. prom night. <laughs> I like these. I like oh my these. God. It's like you're here. I know. I like these kind of stories, which guys, I think it's just something that, that uh, yeah, I like it. it it's uh, yeah. even worse even worse they got charged with stealing an air tag <laughs> that too <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, the yeah. thing i'm curious about is what prompted somebody to put an air tag in the bin yeah it doesn't i don't I, it doesn't uh, like did they just start normally doing that so they could yeah. make sure the money was getting to where it was going like i just was like that as was opposed the thing to I using the tracking systems that they already had yeah yeah, I feel like a Brinks truck probably has some sort of telemetry. Oh, like, yeah. I don't think I'm going out on any kind of flimsy limb to say that. Like, as a well, the thing is, it's a limb the size of a Kia. Like, they took, no, there's no, yeah. They t- they took the bin, so that that means that the air tag went with the bin. So, uh. right, but something somebody something prompted someone to go. I'm gonna go draw some money on some air tags and stick them in the bins and see what happens. And I'm just, I was just wondering what would have prompted that. That's all. Yeah, and obviously neither of these brothers, neither of these brothers use an iPhone, or it would have told them that that there was an air tag in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why they needed the money. (sighs) And there's that to buy an iPhone. To buy iPhone 15. Okay, well then they're totally justified in stealing all that money. There you go. There you go. And then another story involving an Apple Watch. We hear these stories almost seems like daily. Um, Apple Watch helped save a woman's life after collapsing in a hotel room from a ruptured aorta. Oof. Ooh. Uh, oh, my God. A user on Reddit had shared an incredible story on how Apple uh, Apple Watch helped save their mom's life. According to uh, Reddit, uh, uh, the user said that their mom was on a business trip staying at a hotel, and she started to feel a pain in her chest. She texted a friend who was in the same hotel, and shortly after that, she collapsed to the floor face first. Um, so they... Uh, the friend arrived at the room, found her collapse, and they immediately called 911. Uh, to the surprise, they told her the ambulance was already on the way because she fell, and the Apple Watch also okay. called 911. Mm-hmm. Uh, those extra minutes that were saved by the Apple Watch saved her life. Um, so this is this is such an wow. amazing story, and I love hearing this stuff. And 
more and more reason. I'm yeah. trying trying to get my mom to get an Apple Watch. She's just being very stubborn about it, but because she always has that trouble, I, I I want her to 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 um listen to this sound <laughs> to find her phone because she's always losing mm-hmm. it. But that's one of the reasons, but this is probably one of the more primary reasons, right, Jeff? Yes. Um, my parents both have Apple Watches, and uh, they love having the watches. Um, but I think I appreciate them having the watches more than they do because the peace of mind that I get knowing that they both have their Apple watch and, uh, and I'm set up as the emergency contact. Yep. It's, it's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Were there any thoughts calling your guy? Well, I, you know, I, I accidentally set it off once and hadn't realized that I had, and I started getting calls from both my kids and my wife going, are you okay? It's like, no, I'm yeah. fine. Well, What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Of course, the problem with that is if they, if it happens again and I'm actually laid out on the floor, they'll be like, oh, dad didn't take his watch off again. Push the button on the thing. <sighs> yeah. Should have done that thing instead of doing that other thing. A thing of that thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's the thing about it. That is good one. <laughs> Last story, uh, Shazam. We like Shazam, don't we? Uh, Shazam was updated mm-hmm. to now support Apple Music Classical. Uh, Shazam did get updated right. to support that on the iPhone, allowing the two apps to work together for classical music. This was launched in March, uh, so it's been oh my gosh, so almost two months now. Um, okay. For a classical app and uh, with over five million classic music uh, tracks. And uh, they say now you can open classical songs, and Shazam will bring it right into the Apple Music classical app. Nice. Cool. Uh, and I'm not, I don't know. I'm not much of a classical music per, uh, listener, but I think uh, I know Jeff. I think you like to listen a little bit. I listen to a lot of classical music, so I'm glad that there's now the Shazam integration with Apple Music Classical. Maybe it will get me to use Apple Music Classical more. Putting it on my iPhone, it's like this. This is not where I need the app. I, I need it on my mm-hmm. Mac, where I yeah. have the big setup yeah. with the right speakers right. and an external DAC yeah. and all that. But that that's a different topic. Um, yeah. The point being, Shazam is is uh, integrating now, and that's really good because the whole Shazamming with classical music has just straight up sucked. Until now, yep, indeed. All yeah. right, I think I think that's what about sums it up. Thanks, guys, and uh, let's go ahead and move on to topics this week. Uh, beta as this week, as we always talk about on this show, uh, Apple did confirm that iOS sixteen point five will be released uh, the following week, next week. Uh, that's going to be on Monday, I believe. They usually are Monday or Tuesday. They they tend to release the mm-hmm. new releases. Uh, 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 that, in accordance with the, the Pride Edition ban we talked about, uh, they also confirmed this as well, that 16.5 on iOS and Watch OS 9.5 will be released to the public next week. Uh, soft, uh, the software has been in updates uh, since uh, last late March. And, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. I'm glad to see uh, that this. And, and then they kind of coordinated this with the, the, the Pride we talked about earlier, uh, the new sports tab in Apple News, which is cool. And, uh number of other uh-huh. other great things uh, that, that were added to it uh, in here. Um, not, a, not a huge ton of uh, changes. Uh, Jeff, have you noticed anything in the iPad with uh, with beta and uh, this, this this go around? We're in the release candidate now for those who are uh, um, taking score here. 
Yeah, uh, I have the RC installed on my uh, sacrificial iPad, and I'm not seeing any differences between that and the the previous yep. um, uh, version. So at, at this point, to me, that's actually a good sign. Yeah, yeah. So don't don't think uh, Guy or your or Kelly, are you doing any beta testing? No. So no, no. Um, Watch OS 9.5 is a release candidate as well. Uh, not a lot of big changes have been noticed in, in uh, the, the Watch OS, but uh, they did add the, the simplified beta installation method that was first introduced in 16.4, so developers can really do much easily easily enroll with the watch. It always was a challenge. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. do that. I stay away from them. I don't have a, a test I, a watch to be doing that, so uh, I, I avoid that one. Um, but that is out. Call down that path leads yes, it, to madness. I think somebody <laughs> who used to be on the show did that and bricked bricked an Apple Watch. So I don't want anybody else to be experiencing that. There so, be dragons. Yes. Um, TVOS sixteen uh, five is out, and I know they did add the uh, the new thing with the sports view where you can watch four four shows at four four sporting events at once. I'm I'm just to see. I did beta test that yeah. on one of my spare Apple TVs. It was really cool. Um, so we're hoping to uh, see any other. Changes to TVOS, I don't see much, but uh, uh, so that usually I want that four way thing, four way split thing. We talk about Star Wars sports, yeah, Star Wars movies. And I I, want to watch Star Wars, Magnificent Seven, uh, and Seven Samurai (laughs) at the same time because they're they're all basically the same movie, yeah, Mm -hmm. yep. Now, I want to have Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz right next to each other. Right. Oh, right. See the, the opportunities <laughs> for for awesomeness and endless. chemical interaction. Endless. endless, endless, endless. Or just do the chemical interaction. You know, cut out the middleman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I saved the best story for and really a to- as a topic this week because I think all of us are very excited about this. Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro are now going to be on the iPad. Hell did freeze over. Uh, it's going to be with a subscription model, so that's kind of a little bit of the caveat. But uh, they did announce this uh, on uh, Tuesday as we record this on uh, May 9th. Um, Apple did say that the, the, it will feature an all-new touch interface and take advantage of the multi-touch on the iPad. Um, and just to quote what Apple had said in, in their press release, uh, Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro for the iPad will bring all new touch interfaces that allows users to enhance their workflows with the immediacy and in, intu- intuitiveness of multi-touch. Uh, f- uh, Final Cut Pro for iPad will have a powerful set of tools for video creators to record, edit, finish, and share, and all that stuff. They they have a, they have a teaser video that's out there that I've got linked in the show notes. Um, it's a uh, both both pieces of software for the iPad are going to be each available for four ninety nine per month each, or forty nine ninety nine per year with a one month free trial, which I think that's awesome. We'll all be able to try it for a month and see what we like mm. about it. A little bit of difference here as far as uh, compatibility. Um, the Final Cut Pro is going to require an iPad uh, Pro with an M1 chip or newer. So yep. you won't be able to go below okay. a, uh, an M1 chip, which I have an M1 on my iPad, so I'm excited to try it. And then the Logic Pro will only need like an A12 Bionic iPad or newer, so you might be okay with that um, um, as far as that goes. And May 23rd is when it's going to be available in the App Store. I, I know people are going to be just downloading this like uh, like in droves. Um, mm-hmm. 
it does feature a lot of new features, including machine learning for scan, scene removal mask, quick removal of um, placing backgrounds without a without using a green screen. That's kind of cool. The auto cropping and uh, adjustment of footage uh, and uh, all kinds of stuff with aspect ratios. I mean, you know, Jeff, you've had a few days to take a look at some of the announcements. You're a big LumaFusion user. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? I, I, I know you're going to at least want to try it out. We'll get, get the trial, see see what it does in comparison. To, what do you think of so far what the Apple has uh, announced? Um, I'm actually really excited about this, even though I'm not going to be a Final Cut Pro on iPad user mm-hmm. because uh, I, I am fully yeah. and quite happily invested in LumaFusion. Yep. Um, but this... This is great for mobile editors, mm-hmm. and uh, and the other part of it that uh, that I think made this a necessity is that there's been so much discussion about if the iPad Pro is actually a Pro device, where is Apple's Pro software for it? So uh, having Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro available on the iPad is uh, a, a very overt. Um, move on Apple's part to show that yes, they are looking at the iPad Pro as a professional um, content creation device. Yep. Is this, is this something you're going to try to try out, uh, Kelly? Uh, no, because uh, I don't really edit video for anything, and uh, the audio that I do edit, uh, I use Ferrite, and I'm very happy with Ferrite. I was going to ask you about that uh, in a minute on, here about Logic. Yep. On the iPad. Um, however, I think this is good, not just for, uh, creators, but I think it's good for everybody because what this means is that Apple is taking the platform seriously and Apple now believes in this as a weapons grade device for people to use, to do what they need to do. And, uh, and it always, it hasn't felt that way for a long time. Like it's, it's very, uh, you know, like we, it was such an important thing that we got iPad OS, which is separate from the one that runs on your phone. Right. And yet we're still not getting anything out of it. That's like, you know, let me, let me do what I want to be, you know, let me do what I want to do. And I'm not trying to do anything super weird or super specific or super complex or anything, but even still a lot of times with my M one iPad pro, it will fall short. And so finding out that Apple apparently thinks that I can do professional level audio editing and professional level video editing with this little guy tells me that somebody there finally took it seriously and finally believes in a machine with Apple Silicon in it believes in a machine with, with that much, you know, that many cores, that much memory, the the hardware profile they've got on it, the screen they've got on it. If they think they can do video editing with it and all that, Um, you know, because they have to presume not everybody's going to hook their iPad up to, to one of those studio displays in order to do that, the video edits that they're doing. So I think this is good for everybody because it only means that, uh, you know, other, other weapons grade, applications are going to come to it and people are going to be able to do even more with one of these devices. And that's what I've been waiting for forever. And so I'm really glad to see that Apple finally found the potential in that machine that some of us saw the first time we looked at it. Yeah. Um, guy, you're, you're a big DaVinci, uh, resolve user. Uh, this is, um, uh, is this something you look actually at? I've been using, I've been using CapCut. Oh, Cap, that's right. You switched CapCut. Right, right, right. Video editing. It's just for, for what I needed for with maybe two, three tracks for video. 
It's just it's just easier to use. And they've had a couple of updates that's made it even better. My problem with Final Cut Pro on the iPad, because I have an iPad Pro, but I don't have the M1. So I'm kind of locked out on that. Uh, I I am interested in trying uh, Logic Pro on the iPad. So I I am going to download that and give it a try. But I, I don't know if. Even even if I like it, I don't know if I would get Logic Pro for the Mac since I'm pretty happy with Hindenburg Journalist Pro, mm-hmm. and yep. I'm already paying a subscription for that. So, sure. um, there's a lot about Hindenburg. I mean, there there was a reason why I went to Hindenburg in the first place instead of going to Logic Pro. There's a, and there's of a lot of reasons was, why a lot of people have done exactly what you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hindenburg is like amazing, and the the fact that so many so many different um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh logic pro and, and other bits of software like that mm-hmm. um audio workspace digital, the daws digital audio yeah workspace. thank you thank you for some reason i was blanking on that um with most daws you can only select one source for input and hindenburg you can anything that you've got on your mac you can use as an input and it's 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 so great. So I would yeah. have a hard time switching to a different one at this point, even if it was Logic Pro. Yeah. I'm curious to see what form it's going to take on the iPad because um, garage after they overhauled GarageBand, it became a lot less functional. Yeah, uh, not function. Well, it's not that it doesn't function. It's that if you're not using it for music specifically, then it's kind of a pain in the neck. We'll go with neck. It's yeah. kind of a pain in the neck. And uh and that's been the case. And Logic is is similarly only mostly equipped for doing something that's not music, like, oh, I don't know, a podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and th- like that's where Ferrite comes in handy for me because like it turns out to be something that like I can grok. I can look at it, right. I can see how things fit together and I can do what I want to do. And I'm literally doing it with my hands. I'm dragging things around and and I'm able to to turn something into a show when I have to do um, right. audio editing. And so w- that's what I'm going to be curious about is if you if you're going to be if it's going to come with the knowledge that maybe what you're doing isn't necessarily music and might be an attractive option for people who are editing podcasts. That's the thing I want to find out most of all right. is if this new mobile interface is going to come with tools for people who are just recording people talking to other people and there's not necessarily a sax solo in the middle. Right. Let me uh, come back. Let me come back to Logic Pro real quick. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt. Uh, <laughs> let me come back to Logic Pro for a moment here. I just wanted to hit a couple of caveats with uh, with uh, we're finding out from Final Cut Pro. Um, third party uh, app support or third party plugins are not supported uh, upon launch, so you're going to have to wait on that. Uh, some 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 creators are not too uh, terribly excited about that because they do have a lot of plugins and add-ins that they use, but uh, something could come uh, uh, soon. Uh, it's, it's Gen One. Yeah, it's Gen yeah, One. Right. You can't expect there it's are coming. no plugins. There no, they said coming. Plugins. They said they coming just soon. Said not now. Coming soon. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other not thing, now is a lot nicer than not ever. So. And the other yeah. thing too is people who are, have been used to doing Final Cut on their Mac, you can go to the Mac, but you can't go back. So you're you're, you're going to be very limited uh, as far as uh, uh, you can't go back and forth between a Mac and and the iPad when you're doing any production. 
Um, I hope that's a 1.0 feature too. I hope they really look at that <laughs> because there's going to be mm-hmm. a ton of people on here. Who knows? They may revamp the Mac version and look for a subscription there. It's very possible. Um, the, uh, so that that that's a, that's a that's a big kind of bummer. Uh, so you're, you're really looking at some of these, these features that, uh, that they're changing with it. And, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see, you know, where those things go, uh, when you're creating up these projects. So, uh, but to go back to logic pro, yeah, I was, I was definitely interested to hear what you thought as far as, uh, what the f- ferrite is, but, uh, they, they, it looks like they've got some, some, um, some good, uh, features in, in logic pro. Um, I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I mean, I'm a garage band user. I edit this podcast with, with, with garage band. It's been working okay for me. Uh, interesting to see where, where this goes, um, what, and how this is, you know, it, it really is a cool app. I've played around with logic pro in the past. You know, it's a lot of musicians use this and, you know, our friend, yeah. Dave, friend Dave Hamilton, I know is a big, he uses logic pro a lot. Uh, yeah. and, and so, uh, again, it's it's. I think it's going to be limited as far as the, the round trip capabilities and the, and that as well. Sure. Um, so, uh, but yeah, everybody's going to see where that goes. Again, it looks like Logic Pro for the iPad will also support the ability to open GarageBand projects because GarageBand was pretty popular editing on the iPad. Um, yeah. So now you're going to have um, so now you're going to have this really advanced uh, tool when it comes to the, uh, editing. Uh, yeah. Uh, editing, editing all that. So, uh, but uh, again, that will be released uh, at the same uh, the same dates. It'll be four ninety nine and four nine forty nine ninety nine for the year. Uh, it looks like with the Logic Pro compatibility, you're going to be able to do it on an iPad Mini or a fifth generation later, iPad seventh generation later, iPad Air third generation later. So you're, it's really opening up. So you because you know audio yeah. isn't going to need as much of hardcore processing power as video editing does um so even right. the pro can go from 2018 later uh as mm-hmm. well so but you got to have 16.4 in order for it to do it uh they've added a bunch of things including an all-new sound browser professional effects and uh, instruments and a lot of other stuff but uh yeah we'll definitely be talking a lot more about this uh, where that goes but again you're a big ferrite user kelly you you and i yeah. and i think a lot of people like that i've i have it i have been so bad not trying to t- t- uh, take some time to, to to learn it and see if it could work in my workflow but yeah I, I, at least for, I know. Just for audio like this like straight like straight up audio that like what we're doing um yeah. yeah i i i would i would imagine that it probably would work very well for that um, part of the reason I liked it was the portability, like wherever I yeah. was, you know, oh, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to passage for an hour in the car. I can just take my headphones and, and edit, you know, the whole time that I'm doing that. And, uh, I like the visual of it. Um, uh, Ferrite has updated recently to version three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like their pricing model because it's not a subscription or anything. Right. Uh, but when you buy it, uh, you can, I think it's $5 for like the paid version. And then if you want to mm-hmm. edit if your project is more than an hour long, then, uh, you know, if you're going to edit a chunk of audio for that's, that's more than an hour long, then you, it's like $20 and then you're done. It's a one-time and, fee, right? I think I paid yeah, that. One-time fee. I did pay for that. I think yeah. I paid the $20. Yeah. Uh, well you have me on your show. So yeah, that's a smart decision. <laughs> and, uh, it was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, and I, I really like it. I tried audacity and had such oh. a hard time with it. I tried, yeah. um, a couple of other things on on the Mac. I I tried to use GarageBand, uh, you know, post overhaul, and it was very square peg round hole. It just really felt like yeah. I was trying to talk to somebody who had a very very thick accent, and we just couldn't quite understand each other. Yeah. 
And so it was really hard to use and it just made it and like, I don't feel like I'm a very good editor anyway. And so yeah. on top of the software feeling like it was really hard, it just sucked rocks. So Ferrite makes sense. I can understand, you know, I can see what's going on. It's very clear what I'm doing. Uh, you can use the Apple Pencil and haul your audio clips around and stuff. And it uh, really is just a very straightforward editor to me. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you can program some little shortcuts and stuff, and uh, I like it a lot. So thank you, Wooji Juice, for making it possible because literally if it were not for Ferrite being a thing that existed, I don't know that Don Melton and I would be able to have, would have been able to do the Westworld podcast because he's not an editor and I had to become one in order for us to have that show. And in order to do that, uh, I needed Ferrite to make that happen. So if anyone is glad that there was the Don Melton and I did a podcast about Westworld, you have Wooji Juice to thank for that because if it weren't for them, or um, to blame. I don't know. I don't or know what we blame. would have done. You yeah. can also absolutely hold them responsible if that's, <laughs> if you so desire. We had nothing to do with the show. We just talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, so don't blame, don't blame me for the last season of Westworld. I, I had nothing to do with, with what actually happened. All we did was talk about it. Um, but yeah, it, like if it weren't for Ferrite, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, um, we're looking forward to them. I think, uh, I think Apple was yeah. smart to, to dive in and they, they surprised us all because we've been talking about this probably for years <laughs> that, that yeah. we wanted yeah. these apps on. Uh, and it certainly well, took long uh, enough. Yeah, especially once once the uh, the M series chips made it to mobile devices, the iPad That's at it. least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it is. There was absolutely no reason. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, good stuff. Glad to, glad we got some good, good some good ins- insight on that, and uh, it's uh, definitely something we're told to look forward to here. So. Um, the uh, other topics I wanted to hit a little bit here is uh, this was an interesting topic here. Uh, this, is, uh, this was an article in uh, Macworld here. As it turns out, the iPhone is actually bar- a bargain compared to Android phones. Uh, and I, I like the I like uh, this was uh, the Macalope, so he's always got some good stuff in in, <laughs> in, 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 um, in Macworld here. The first sentence here is uh, cue the classic Barry Manilow hit. Looks like we made it because uh, well, it looks like Apple's got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah so it i'm not surprised to see this because android devices can cost the same if not more than an iphone uh granted uh, google just came out with the pixel 7a i believe that pricing is starting at 499 so their lower end yep. pixels have been uh been really really low end but uh of course you you, yeah, you can that's what the a is it's always the kind of budget friendlier right. model and and it looks like a solid phone and they did. I was going to ask you if we were going to talk about it because they also said when this came out that they are guaranteeing security updates for five years. Yeah. So that stinks. I have the, I have the old two XL oh. and I can't, that thing's is basically a brick. Now I can't do anything with that anymore. Just yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see if they keep that promise. Yeah, exactly. Cause they, they, well, they seem to security. pull security. Yeah. They didn't say OS. They just said security. So yeah, it's going to run like three versions of, of Android OS probably. But, yeah. um, I am, I, I was glad to see that they were coming out with that commitment right out of the gate, just because it can be really hard uh, to do that. Like one of the things when I have to re- recommend mobile devices at work, one of the reasons I recommend the Google ones is because um, 
you're getting it straight from the people who make the software and that just makes it easier from an administrative standpoint like i don't want to have to worry about what are the hoops you have to jump through if you buy a samsung one and if you buy this samsung one or that samsung one and you know if it ends if it starts with an s then it's a different thing than if you buy the note than if you buy whatever samsung they just came out with it doesn't matter when you listen to this samsung just came out with a new phone and it gets confusing and weird and they wrap Android in all of their own stuff. And then you have to try and figure that out too. And it's really hard. And so uh, like, especially from, you know, from a, from an enterprise standpoint, the the Google phones make a lot of sense because then if you manage them in Google workspace, then it's a one-stop shop. Like (laughs) someone in Mountain View, this is your problem. I don't know which one of you it is, but I know where to go to find out. And that just makes it a lot more straightforward. So I was glad to see that they at least committed to security updates because it means it's better for everybody. Like go get your 7A and you can you can at least make sure that your phone is secure if you're running the updates for five solid years. And that's a good that's a good idea. Um yeah. but yeah, all the other like other phones are still neck and neck with with Apple pricing, even though they're Android phones, which is the very- premium ones anyway. Yeah. So for those of you, yeah, you can you can pick up a hundred and fifty dollar oh, yeah. Android phone that'll run the latest version of Android, but it's not going to run it well. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to run it well. Good luck getting updates, and uh, the screen is going to be a piece of garbage. Yep. Yeah. And if that's what you want in a phone, hey, go for it. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Jeff, you have any thoughts on this? I think everyone's done a great job of uh, expressing my thoughts on this. And yet I'm still going to add something good. Um, <laughs> the, the, I know shocker, shocker, the, the low end Android phones that that guy was just mentioning, there's absolutely a market for that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if that's what you need in a phone, great. I'm glad there's a market for it for yeah, you. Yeah. When you look at, at the more premium phones, the the better quality phones where where you're actually comparing Android phones to Apple phones on the same level. Yeah. I mean the the price that you're going to pay it's still a four digit number. It's yes. Yeah. And then if you look at how long you can potentially use the iPhone versus the Android phone and break it down to cost per year, you're paying less for an iPhone plus you know that you're going to have updates for if you're a premium phone buyer for as long as you own the phone. And uh, and even if you're buying a top of the line, uh, a Google Pixel, whatever, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. two years, and then after that, yeah, maybe some security updates. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the iPhone is the big name in uh, uh, used phone sales. Oh, it's, yeah. we talked about that. Uh, I think last week, the week before, there was, Couple, sorry, yeah, about yeah. that. I was on. That's right, about two it, weeks yeah. ago. Uh, that uh, yeah, they're 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 uh, selling uh, they're selling like crazy, and the, the used iPhone market yeah. is just a, a big bomb right now. It uh, you, you, that's what people want. They want to buy the used iPhones, and there's such mm-hmm. a secondary market because you know you're the full ride on a new phone is a thousand plus dollars, and if you buy it outright, um, yeah. So um, uh, definitely an interesting here thing here. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with iPhone 11, 12s, and 13s. Nope, 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 not yeah. at all, not at all. Um, couple couple security tips I wanted to talk about here real quick. Uh, how can you check your microphone usage on your iPhone? Um, there are ways to do it. You can actually go in and use privacy settings uh, to check your 
check your microphone usage history to see if uh, anybody has gained access to it. Uh, the way you do that is you go into the settings app and you go under privacy and security option. Uh, then you go under microphone. Uh, every app that requested the access to the mic is listed on the screen. You toggle between any of the apps if it's green, and, and it means that uh, they can access the microphone besides besides that. And then you can actually go in and actually check to see when the mic is being used uh, at the very top over by the uh, on the right-hand side of the, of the top column of an iPhone. And it'll tell you if that app is actually using that uh, uh, that microphone, and it's kind of crazy that uh, why people need access to your microphone. All these different apps, um, and uh, I found this to be interesting uh, to see. Uh, you know, in, in the article, this is on the Mac Observer, uh, Gmail, Slack, tele- Telegram, WhatsApp, and YouTube show uh, the potential usage of of the uh, of the microphone, uh, and uh, the privacy can actually. Uh, allow you to be able to turn it off so so people don't uh so th- these apps aren't using the mic if you don't want them to so have you guys knew that yeah. yep uh yep i check on a regular basis just to make sure there's no surprises yeah uh the other yeah, thing you go look at stuff yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so i thought it'd be a good tip that was a good tip um and then mm-hmm. um Lastly, the other one I'm talking, I want to talk about real quick is Apple's ID, Apple ID was being protected with security keys. You know, Apple didn't introduce security keys as that additional step to help protect uh, the Apple ID accounts. With all the talk we've been talking about the last few weeks about people getting their phones stolen and then and their identity stolen and the loss of access to their Apple ID and not being able to get their photos forever because they didn't have them backed up and that whole thing. This is a, this is a really good thing to, to have this. Uh, what this is going to do is uh, when you have the security key enabled, it, it, signing into an Apple ID is going to require that you enter the account's password and then use a security key to complete the two-factor authentication process instead of a traditional six-digit verification code, which was uh, it was one of the biggest things that what why these people with social re- engineering people watch how you type in your PIN, they can see it, and then mm-hmm. they steal your phone, and they're voila, you're in there. Um it, it it is an extra pain for security, but it does have it also it's it's pluses to protect you from this. Yeah, you know, we've also talked about things like YubiKeys. You could have that too. They have YubiKeys out there that have Lightning as well as USB uh, plugs mm-hmm. on the end of them. You can use that, but that's a whole other thing. You lose that YubiKey, then you're gonna go through a little bit of a headache to try to get access when you have that. So, um, so one of the things you can't do with security keys is. Uh, uh, well, you can't sign in this iCloud for Windows. What a shame. <laughs> mm. uh, it, uh, so many people uh, are doing that now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually do that sometimes at work on my Windows work computer. I'll sign in the iCloud from there. Okay. You can sign in, but like you can't protect it if you're going to use security keys. But you can never leave. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, can never leave. <laughs> yeah you can never leave. Uh, so... Uh, Security keys also, you can't sign into older devices that can't be updated to the software version that supports security keys, which in this case is 16.3 and higher. Uh, and security keys will don't uh, support child accounts or managed Apple IDs. So do you have a thought on that, Kelly? I Well, my primary thought in all of this is, wow, that's really great. Why won't you let me use an external authenticator app for my Apple ID? Yeah. Why? Why do you always send me a notification to the device that I'm using to get me to approve the device that I'm using with a code. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, I, I find it frustrating. And for a company that 
uh, likes to talk the talk when it comes to security, they're still making me send an SMS code a fair amount of the time. Like if I'm logging into something for like an Apple business manager account or something, you know, as part of my day job, um, they have to send a text to the the phone number on file for the account. Won't let me use an authenticator app. Won't let, you know, Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, Authy, what, take your pick. They won't let me set that up with a six, with a rolling six digit code, the TOTP, time based one time password, so that I can just use that, so that I can integrate it with a password manager and just have a long, weird password and let it negotiate the six digits and let me sign in. No, they won't do any of that. And I find it endlessly frustrating every time I have to go through this stupid dance to have to get an SMS message from apple why are you doing this why won't you just let me have totp set up in someplace else and let me move on with my life it is so much easier and it's so much more secure david and i both know this we're both i'm preaching to the choir here i know that but enterprise i find it really frustrating that we're secure and your messages are end-to-end encrypted but we're totally going to text you in order to get into your account every time and i shout profanity about it every time (laughs) and i have filed feedback before anybody asks Uh, i have filed feedback on this because uh, i i find it aggravating and i i want it to be better than it is and every time something pops up on a device on the device i'm using and says somebody's trying to on my ipad and it says someone's trying to sign in with your ipad you cool with that like come on son i just it it just endlessly aggravating yep any other thoughts before we uh, bring us close to a close here? Um, before Billy nailed oh, it, she did nail it. That's why I, I, I let let that go to, to uh, closing that out. Um, before we close out, though, I want to make sure I tell everybody, as we've been telling every week, is Max Stock Seven is here. Uh, tickets are available if you go to Max Stock uh, Conference and Expo dot com. Uh, come t- come check out that this conference we love it. I've been I've sp- I've spoke of the seven years that they've had it in person. Uh, this will be my seventh year, and all of us have been there, and we all love this show. Jeff Gammon is speaking, and Brittany Smith is going to be speaking for the very first time in MacStock. I'm looking forward to that. Excited. Chuck Joyner is going to be there, of course. Allison Sheridan and so many other great speakers. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun. It's a it's it's a great conference. It's a, it's it's in Woodstock, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago. Please join us. It's going to be on July 22nd, 23rd. I can link to the to, to the event and get some tickets as well as the speakers uh, list. Uh, uh, if, if you happen to be listening, and you, it, there's also going to be a, a, a pre-party show at uh, Barry Folk's house at uh, the Midwest Mac uh, Mac Barbecue at his home. He had that at the very first Mac stock, and uh, he's going to do it again. He's going to come back into town and. Uh, we're going to get together with all our friends and come in a little early and have some great barbecue. I think he's doing a wine t- tasting too. So you'll also have, that's to, what I, I have heard. Yes. I'm not shocked at all. Mr. He is the wine yeah. connoisseur. So, uh, so, uh, you can, you can also go the home with the amazing faucets. He loves the, I know guy loves mm. those faucets. Uh, I do the, so uh, go uh, go. There's also a link to that, and you can just sign up. Say how you how you know uh, him or you know Maxstock, and he'll let you in. He'll, he'll just put you on the guest list. So uh, come check that out as well. But again, MaxStockConferenceExpo.com is the site. Maxstock Seven. It's uh, it's going to be July 22nd, 23rd, and uh, we're going to have a blast. So come come see us. 
Um, with that, let's go ahead and wrap the show up for this week. And that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS, as well as on Mastodon at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee, where we really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by com- uh, going to patreon.com slash in touch with iOS, where we have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe like uh, like a guy always does with his fingers uh, that, that to, to, to be able to know when we're uh, doing the show, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And that's at our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash in touch with iOS, where we leave the live show up so you can watch the pre pre show antics as well as the show on video. We had a plenty of them this week to watch, so go check that out. As well as we also put, post all the audio versions of our show when you can listen on YouTube. So go check that out. And uh, we also uh, have In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we have discussed are flipped into that magazine. Uh, The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show uh, 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 in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and many others. We did a bit of a revision to the the website, so you'll be a lot easier to find some buttons to, to subscribe to the show. So check that out. But uh, better yet, go to our uh, website at InTouchWithIOS.com. And that's where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud, or I'm also on Twitter at DaveG65. Uh, and Guy Cyril, I'm so glad you're back and came back to talk. Come see us, uh, and I'm uh, glad you're back on the show. Come, uh, yeah, this is actually my first video, yeah, and, related and, podcast and, that I've done in a long time. I'm very honored. So, so glad you're back, and uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, you can get a hold of me. My email address is guy at mymac.com. You can find me over on the Twitters at MacParrot or VertShark. Mastodon would be uh, MacParrot. And CounterSocial would be MacParrot. There is my webpage that I haven't updated in such a long time, <laughs> which is vertshark.com. And, uh, of course, the MyMac.com podcast that I've been doing with Gaz since 2009, the weekly dose, almost always weekly dose, of pure Mac insanity. And sometimes we actually talk about tech. Oh, who knew? Who figured? Ah. Thanks, guys. Is that like a new thing? Yeah, must yeah, be. Yeah, it is a new thing. It must be. Kelly Gamont, thank you for being here as well. Always have a pleasure having you. Where, where can we find you? Uh, mostly you can find me on Mastodon. Uh, I'm uh, Verso at Mastodon.social and uh, currently uh, over there talking smack about the Eurovision Song Contest entries uh, because that's happening right now and it's super fun and I had no idea um, how seriously people took it until I got on Mastodon and was watching today's semifinals with people (laughs) live. Uh, Wow. Um, and, And they will give it to you sugar free. Uh, there, there are some real savage takes out there, um, but it's super fun. Uh, so you can find me uh, generally uh, goofing off on Mastodon. Sometimes you can find me over on Mac Voices Live. Sometimes you can find me here, and occasionally you can find me uh, other places. Usually on the somewhere on the Incomparable Network, probably talking about a Star Wars. Yep. Thanks again, Kelly. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamut. Thank you always for being here. We appreciate it. Where can people find you? Well, thanks for always letting me come back on. 
I genuinely have a wonderful time, and I'm still amazed that that you keep uh, letting me come back. But uh, you know, it, yeah. Anyhow, so social media, uh, Mastodon and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut on both, and uh, I'm on other social medias, but I'm just not really active anywhere else right now. And uh, then for shows. Uh, for some reason, Chuck Joyner keeps letting me come back on Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Me too. Then, uh, then on Thursdays, I am the the uh, longstanding interim host on the Big Show. Um, then Fridays again on the British Tech Network, longstanding interim host for the Mac Show. Dave lets me on here on In Touch with iOS. And then Brian Chaffin and I record the Context Machine, typically on Fridays. Awesome. Thanks again for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, ben, uh, Rathi, get get better soon. We missed you on the show, buddy. And uh, yes, It's not the same without you. It's not the same without it's you. Not. And uh, hopefully you'll be back next week. And until then, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk again soon.